yeah. Welcome back. Uh, so these podcasts between myself and Zach, formerly of Uber, building his own uh, training platform to, to solve all things for all coaches. Um, we're both venturing into NFTs and venturing into deeper into what impact, you know, decentralized autonomous organizations and all of these things are going to have on business. I think we both will admit that we resisted wanting to learn about these for like six months and just seeing them getting bigger and bigger. And then finally having a look and going, hey, this, this changes everything. So these podcasts are kind of um, two guys who like gym and uh, also kind of like business and delving into and, and making uh, NFTs and DAOs and, and these sorts of things sort of part of our business, part of our lifestyle, part of our social fabric. Um, we're going to dive in today, speak a little bit about the project that I'm getting off the ground, the Uncommon Success uh, NFT, which Zach's involved with and he's been kind of seeing the, the brainstorming, giving feedback. So we're going to share with you guys like a bit of what that looks like behind the scenes with the goal of making it seem more doable to other people. And if we inspire a few other people to be early adopters in this technology, like that would be um, pretty cool. If we end up collaborating, if we end up promoting your NFT, whoever's listening to this, that kind of stuff is like the, the dream and the ambition for, for, for us uh, publishing this. Is that fair to say, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the, uh, the nail on the head there. Uh, I think one of the big things both of us wanted to get out of this is like one, to kind of show the behind the scenes. Because I think it's really easy to see the Gary V or whoever you kind of look up to now, 15 years down the road of like where they're super knowledgeable, they're a master of the space. But I think when something like this comes along, which is, I think, I don't know, well, once in a generation, but this is a once in a, a couple decade type thing where a new technology gets introduced. It could be once in a generation, a new technology gets introduced. And like you said, like, there's always that period of ah, like, this sounds complicated. Like, I don't want to learn about it. And then it'll come and pass you by. And I've seen enough of those happen to where when NFTs and crypto rolled around, I resisted it for a little bit. I think just like Keegan, and I was finally like, okay, like this is going to be a really big part. And then how can I take the specific knowledge that I have, uh, Keegan has with the fitness industry, with coaches, with our kind of mission of like helping coaches help more people uh, and combine that with this new technology that I think is set to radically change the world. And how do you apply that specific knowledge here? So I think that the document, the journey is just such a, a good way to look at this. Cause I think like every week we're going to be getting better and more knowledgeable of this and really want to make sure that like you as the listener, uh, whether you're thinking about starting your own like NFT or you're just getting into the crypto space, find the knowledge accessible so you can pick it up and say like, Hey, I can do this. And then I can apply this to grow my business and cause more impact. 100%. And yeah, there are people who are coming to crypto through NFTs. Like a bunch of my buddies, the first thing they've done is buy an NFT and then they've gone mm -hmm. like, so so what is this T-Fuel? What is this data? <laughs> or what is this Bitcoin? Like literally um, starting with the NFTs. And that's in the, th the Theta white paper says our mass adoption is going to come through NFTs. And they always don't care about the existing market of like crypto hardcore people who are like all the engineers and people who understand about money and, and whatnot, who've got crypto up till now. It's almost like they're irrelevant because they're like on Ethereum and they're doing their thing. But then there's like 97% of the market that doesn't have an NFT yet that love, you know, pop culture stuff um, that are more mainstream that, that are going to come to this party pretty soon. So I actually bought a Katy Perry uh, NFT. I bought, I bought a bunch of them actually. I'm that kind <laughs> of guy, but, um, 
I, I, I didn't really know who Katy Perry was um, until Theta kind of brought her to my attention. Like she sung at the Super Bowl in 2015. And don't be a friend of Katy if you, if you listen to this, but um, I'm, I'm way out of the loop on, uh, on pop culture. But uh, she's sort of the first really like big star. She's got 100 million um, Twitter followers. Um, she, her NFT was released on Theta yesterday and it was really, really interesting to see the reactions because we've just had that. Um, Secret Pineapple Society launch in the Theta community. And Theta lovers love those Secret Pineapples. Like they're Theta branded. Um, they they kind of bring together the hardcore center of of like people who love Theta. And I've seen like this is this is how NFTs are going to work. Like this is, you know, this is huge. Yeah. And then Katy Perry's launch has come and people are like, people are less interested in this thing that, you know, she's meant to have a hundred million, you know, followers. Like what, why, why does you know, why are these going for, they're selling at like 500 bucks. They minted at a hundred and they're selling at 500 bucks, like her lions and the other one minted in the mirror minted at a hundred dollars and they're selling at like $150. So yeah. it's like, and only, only like 5,000 people have minted her unlimited. So there's like an unlimited mint as many as you like, which you think, oh, when you look at an NFT and you think mint as many as you like, that means it's valueless, right? But it's only a 24 hour minting. So after 24 hours, then that was the hard cap. And it looks like there's only going to be like 5,000, 6,000 of these things minted, which mm-hmm. people just paid a hundred dollars for ones that had two and a half thousand mintings. But to me, like her fans aren't on theta platform. Like they, she, they didn't promote this thing very much and they don't know yeah. about it. The same as when Bored Apes came online, none of the Hollywood celebrities knew that what a Bored Ape was. They didn't know that they were going to be buying one 12 months down the track, but <laughs> some smart people went, um, you know, this, there's something different about this. There's something special about this. Um, so yeah, this is like the game of NFTs playing out in front of us and, and whether, you know, either I'm wrong and there's not going to be mass adoption of NFTs and Katy Perry's fans are never going to want an NFT or a bunch of us just made a really, really smart move that, her hardcore fans, there's only two and a half thousand of these things between a hundred million fans, or if she's, if she's got a million true fans, mm-hmm. you know, if they, you know, they, they can't all have one, <laughs> most of them can't have one. Um, so yeah, this is, this is the, the game playing out um, in, in NFTs. Now our play with uncommon success is, is quite different to this. I don't have a hundred thousand Twitter followers. We're coming at it from a different angle, almost like, um, a ground up kind of social movement of like, there's a few hardcore people that get this thing. And if we do it right, like we can probably help a bunch of people. Like we can probably grow it. Like the NFT itself is going to be a big part of the growth strategy where people feel like they have ownership and they can contribute and they can add value. Um, so yeah, the two scale, the two ends of the scale on NFTs, I think. Yeah. Well, I think you brought up something you talked about in a previous episode of, having to educate your user base and followership on what is an NFT and how to get into them. Cause I think you just hit the nail on the head with the Katy Perry thing. Um, if you're not kind of comfortable and you don't have a wallet set up and you kind of like know what NFTs are, it could be a really missed chance where you kind of see it and you like, okay, like NFT, T fuel, Katy Perry got it. Um, but you're kind of reticent to dive in. Cause I think there still is a lot of this fear around cryptocurrency, blockchain, the entire technology, it's kind of like the new version of finance, which even though finance is such an important part of everyone's life, um, a lot of people look at it from the onset and say like, that's really complicated. 
I'm just going to turn a blind eye and like hope this works out. And I think that's what you're seeing a little bit because there's such early days on this stuff where it kind of becomes intimidating to get into like we talked about. So I'm kind of curious what happens to that. The second part of the Katy Perry thing is one of the things that I'm looking forward to get better at when it comes to NFTs and crypto is I think there's two kind of camps and we kind of put it up before. There's the utility camp of this is kind of the project and like here's the founder and this is the like tangible value, whether on web three or outside of that, you're going to get from this NFT. And I think that's a little easier for me to understand just because of the background I came from of like, how do you kind of like utilize functionality, utility, and like giving somebody a service or a value in exchange for goods, like totally makes sense to me. And then I think on the Katy Perry side, there is this pop culture kind of more art following where you put something out and it's just like having an autographed something from that person to where it's a direct tie to them. But I think it's unclear how they use NFTs to add value to their fans. And I think if you look from a founder and a roadmap perspective, outside of doing the thing and like producing the service, we'll just use Katy Perry music. Uh, I'm not sure like how Katy Perry in the past has added value to her fans other than that. So I think what you're going to see is I think the people that are really going to win out on the pop culture thing is those who have a really deep relationship with their fans anyways, and then also have this kind of cult following for the art, the, the music and the service. But I think the, the pop culture thing is something I'm still trying to wrap my head around in the sense of like, how do you kind of quantify and project what the value of a pop culture item is going to be? The thing, the thing that people I think are missing, like, cause I'm, you know, I'm in this group with the secret pineapple guys, right? So some of these guys have gone in and bought like hundred thousand dollars worth of secret pineapples. Others have bought like one for $200 and, mm. you know, they, they, they clicked on, you know, $10,000 or $20,000. They just got lucky. Others, you know, got a, got an average one. So they're like a, a floor price one. So it's worth like, 800 bucks or something now, you know, so they put the 200 in, they got 800, they got a thousand bucks. So there's like this big spectrum of people in terms of like how invested they are and maybe how savvy they are on different things. And there's like all this disappointment of like, man, like the art's not that good. And like, what's the utility and you know, why there's so few people here. The thing that I love, and it's, you know, we're going to call on Gary V. We're going to have to call Gary V. We, we should put him here as like a third thing, like log in another account and just put like a photo of him as being like our, our silent yeah. podcast buddy because he's always coming up. But like one of the things is that I heard from him is, is like, wait and see the value that I put on this thing in the future. Mm. The thing with the NFT is like, you have to buy it now to have it when they say Katy Perry's going to gold, she's going to, um, she's going to airdrop, she's going to drop, she's going to post out a gold pendant to everyone who holds one of her NFTs. Yeah. And then, and then they go to $10,000 overnight. Like she's going to drop, she's going to drop a hundred thousand dollar diamond to one NFT holder. Like, would she not do that? Is that not possible for someone who's making like hundreds of millions of dollars? Like, does that not get her publicity? Does that not get her on the front of every media outlet to say that one of her NFT holders is going to get, you know, so it's like they can add value whenever they want. Like that's the, that's the thing is like, it doesn't matter what the art looks like now. It doesn't matter what the members site looks like now. It doesn't matter whether the store is live yet. What matters is does this person have intelligent people around them? Are they going to adapt? Do they want to add value? 
does Katy Perry get to where she is because she's a genius? Maybe. Does she have a lot of people around her who know a bunch of stuff about pop culture and about influence and about like shaping a brand? Like to bet on them being stupid is, is like, it's a pretty big stretch to me to say like, oh, these people, they probably don't know what they're doing. You know, like I know what I'm doing, but you know, Katy Perry's team, like they're probably rookies at this. Like, you know, they probably just haven't, haven't sat down and thought about this. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a long shot. I think to think that it just bombed. Like, cause if you look at it on face value, it just bombed. Right. Like mm. there was, you know, there were like maybe 9,000 people tried to mint and two and a half thousand of them got them, but like 5,000 people have minted the infinite one, which to me like boggles the mind because they're 25 bucks versus the other ones who were a hundred dollars. Um, so yeah, anyway, this is a bit of NFT psychology and, you know, if we segue that into what I'm doing, um, I'm, I'm going the opposite direction to an extent, like I'm not putting out, um, lots of NFTs to start with. I'm smart starting with a small group and saying like, Hey, if you get this concept and if you'd like to be a part of it, then now's an opportunity. Like there's an opportunity. If you can see it, then, then jump in now and we're going to build this thing together. And it's not all built now. And there aren't, you know, tens of thousands of people dying for this thing right now. So we're not going to have like a 60,000 people discord and, and all that stuff. We're going to just build something that's really cool. And then we're going to gradually offer it to more people. Um, so it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a very different approach, but if you get the concept and you back yourself, like, you know, Zach, I'm, you know, banking on you being one of these first guys. Yeah. It's, it's not just what I can add. It's what you can add to make me better and what I can add to make you better mm-hmm. and how we can collaborate around an event. And then you times that by, 87 other guys and can we can we do something interesting is it something that someone else might want to be a part of like can you generate more business out of that it's um yeah it's a, it's, it's a very different way of kind of coming at it i think um i mean we don't really know what katie perry and that are going to do but i haven't seen many projects where they let the user really like contribute and add value where mm. all the users like you will have your own section like I don't know if you've seen the new notion thing that we're building, but it's, it's like very, very intuitive to make yeah. it so that every member has their own area where they can add whatever value they see fit. They can have their YouTube videos. They can have a full course. They can have, you know, just a few motivational quotes. They can do whatever they want on their area. Um, and then that, you know, that allows them to become more valuable and then they can podcast with each other, with each other or with me, uh, run a live event like, I don't know anyone who's doing this where the user plays like we're kind of all equal in terms of like holding the token and, and the goal is to really decentralize. Like I've been thinking more about this of like, how do I get to a point where I'm completely irrelevant in this, in this project? Like there's 8,888 token holders. And if I don't do anything, it makes zero difference to the value of the, um, of the token holders like that, that would be a great place to get to. I think it's doable in the next couple of years with all these DAOs and things as well. Yeah. I think the, it's interesting to contrast those two because one of the big things here is like, how do I use NFTs if I don't have a following? And I think NFTs and we'll kind of get into like the way I kind of view the Uncommon 88 uh, within that. 
um, it's still going to be something where just like a startup, you're betting on the founder and you're betting on the founding team. Um, Cause if that person like a roadmap is as good as a pitch deck where it's full of promise, but like, it doesn't mean it's going to get done. And I know like a ton of people are going to get burned with this throughout the NFT space where you like take a day and you throw together some really good graphs and kind of like a plan of what this looks like. And then there's going to be full of empty promises. So when you're looking at that, it's do you bet on somebody with a bright, shiny new idea or do you bet on the founder with a track record of success? And what I think is interesting about the Uncommon 88, uh, which is really this founding kind of membership of Uncommon Success, is I look at it more as like assembling a team, like that core team. So when you come in as one of the 8,888, um, it's almost like betting on a company or betting on a brand at that point where you've assembled these people, they have their specialties, they have their roles, but they're like united under this mission of helping coaches grow, helping coaches scale, helping coaches become wealthier, athletic, like wealthier, richer, athletic, more intelligent. And like everyone's kind of come together under that mission. So just like you have a company where you have that vision statement of we're going to help X number of people through like Y, very interesting, unique insider technology. I think that's kind of what it becomes to where you have these people who have their own skill sets and have their own unique strengths, but you're kind of coming together under that shared mission. And then as a coach, you kind of come into that and say, okay, like I now have a lot more pieces to build off of and to grow rather than just one person. Cause I think that's where I've seen coaching be really splintered as an industry of you're kind of looking for like your Messiah. So you had like the West side guys and the Paulkin guys and the Wendler guys and it becomes so dogmatic, but like each one of those has a piece. And then I think a lot of people in the training industry abandoned business for a long time um, because they just wanted to focus on like the art and skill of training, but like you can't have impact without a business. So I think what you do with this is you have this common mission of making coaches better, uh, which is a really simplified way to look at it. And then you have all these people with very unique skill sets to do that. And then you can come in and learn from 88 people who are uniquely qualified at doing this thing. So therefore, like you were able to uplevel your skill set, your knowledge, and your connection base almost overnight while like transferring your energy, your attention, your skill set into this bigger mission of like using coaching as a vessel to drive greater impact in the world. Yeah. And I, I you you summed up a lot of stuff really well there. Um I think the the hook or the, the key thing uh, on this journey to athletic richer smarter is is that we're into a non-rival economy now like this is this is a non-rival economy where it doesn't matter whether you you can share as much value as you want on our platform only the people who have that nft are going to have access to it and therefore if you also put it on another platform where you get it to a thousand people or you have your private membership that's you know 20 grand a year and you've got like 25 students there's, there's no, there's no issue with that. Like there's no, it's up to you to decide where you put your value. And that is a huge shift. Like that, that idea of the non-rival economy and you're kind of buying into the culture as well as, um, as well as to the knowledge like that, that I think is a big, a big change now. Yeah. My thing has been coaching coaches, right? Like my thing has been helping other people to live more of, of their dream and get their core message, you know, out to the world. And I mean, a lot of it's been with gym owners and helping gym owners to open, like that's really where it started. And mm -hmm. gradually it's become broader. 
what we're going to see now with uh, the Uncommon 88, we've got one of the guys who um, <laughs> had a conversation. I was going to move to Vanuatu, right? I'm not sure if you, you saw when that was happening. Yeah. We didn't move because they, we kind of realized like if we went there, we wouldn't leave until, you know, all this stuff was over. Um, so, <laughs> so my, you know, my wife wasn't too keen on that. Yeah. with having family family in Europe and stuff. But what happened during that process was I met a guy on a little outskirts island in Vanuatu who was doing kind of what, what we wanted to do. Um, he's been living there for years. His dad actually owns the lease on the island and he does whatever he wants on this massive island, like water with, you know, water and coconuts and cattle and, and, and all this. And it's like a lot of people in the world at the moment would, would like to have an, you know, a backup plan where you can go to a place like that. And, you know, he lives there and it looks like paradise and he's, you know, he's always hunting and he's, you know, taking, he's putting up his photos of what he's doing. I told him about this Uncommon 88 and he's like, yes, how do I get 10,000 T fuel? Like, and, and he was like the last guy I expected. Like he's, he's, he's an Aussie, but mm-hmm. he's not really into to cryptos and stuff. And he just got the concept straight away. And he's like, these kind of people can help me do what I want to do on this island. And these are the kind of people that I'd love to have come to this island and have experiences here. And they can connect me into a world that I'm never going to connect into if I don't do this. So yeah. he, he's just like seen me online and whatnot. And, and, you know, we've had like one conversation and he's like, yep, <laughs> like that. So it's not just coaches now, you know, there's other guys. Um, this guy, there's a guy in London who works in marketing. He builds corporate partnerships. Um, he wants to build a partnership between secret pineapple society and the biggest pineapple, like tin pineapple company in the U S so if you look at Adidas and Nike and that, they're buying these NFTs. What if, you know, what if a pineapple company got on board with the secret pineapple society and this ends up being, you know, what I think it will be when Theta becomes a more well-known. So there's guys like that and he's looking at Uncommon Success saying like, okay, what, do you, what, what are your plans with corporate partnerships? And I'm like, I'm not, I've been like, <laughs> at the roots, I've been like an anti-capitalist, you know, like the last thing I think about is like corporate partnerships and like, anyone giving me a hand towards anything is like kind of against my nature. Mm-hmm. Um, collaborating with other people on their way up makes sense to me. And I like, I, I do that, but like looking at like big brands is like, I, I just doesn't cross my, my mind, you know, but that is the, the richness of this thing is like, I can bring what I can bring to the community and mm-hmm. then he can bring, Hey, like, do we want to pursue this corporate partnership and we can, we can put it to a vote. Um, or we can, you know, vet it with the community like if bitcoin introduced money to people and like the history of money and inflation and deflation and all of these concepts like hard money i didn't know about any of this stuff before bitcoin really like pushed it onto the radar for me nfts bring politics and governance into everybody's lives of like how do we manage this thing we've got this massive pool of money now we've got all this energy what are we gonna do with it you know um and to bring together people who who get like this uncommon kind of concept, um, it's just it, it excites me so much more than anything that I've ever sort of looked at. Um, and if it just gets me a ticket into someone else's project that's like ten times better than mine, but they mm-hmm. can see I've had a have had a go at something, um, then that's cool too. You know what I mean? Like that's how this thing can work. Is like maybe someone else sees value in our community and they go, "Hey, we want you guys to." to play a part in this. Like you're all invited, you know, the, the uncommon 88 are invited to board apes, board apes club because you've, mm-hmm. you've done something new in the NFT space. All this stuff is possible, right? Like it's, um, it's, it's a funny time, but it's like, 
the possibilities just go so far beyond anything that I've seen before. Well, I, I think what's like, as you were talking about this picture's come to mind, you're basically recreating um, kind of like when the industrial revolution happened. So, except we're doing it from an information technology standpoint. So like what the world used to be like is like, you had to like grow your own stuff and make your own food. And like you and your very small township were kind of responsible for that. And even within the township model, it used to be like further back from that, like you as the person are doing everything, you're hunting, you're gathering, you're doing things. And therefore your scale and your sphere can only be so big because you're the one doing it. And then we kind of like evolved from that to where like we were able to like people make goods, exchange it for services. Um, Cause like, if you look around your house, like you didn't make any of it. Like this table is from, I don't know, somewhere on the internet, like basically Ikea, these lights are from somebody else, the computers from Apple. Um, I'm just providing my like service into the world of like, previously doing strategy work, now building software as kind of like my ability to take that garner money, which is essentially energy and redeploy that to other places. But what I think you're seeing with crypto and the way you have a chance to build this with the in common is everyone can now trade on their information, knowledge, and skills. So just like you could before where like, I'm going to make shirts and Keegan's going to make socks and I'm going to trade some of my shirts for his socks. You can now get really good at an information skill set. And then in coming together through either an NFT project or a DAO or something like that, you can then blend all those skills. So it's kind of like the higher level of magnitude on that. Like we've kind of mastered the physical goods and the trading of that. And now we can kind of bring together and people can specialize in different fields of information, different skill sets and share them with other people. So you're able to like help other people exponentially grow just like it was where the light bulb flipped on quite literally. And we could buy, we could sell, we could trade. Everyone's life got better. We can now do that with a, like a more broad spread of information. And the people who are really, really good at what they do, because the cream always rises to the top, are now able to share and compound their stuff with everyone else, allowing like everyone to grow faster. And, and that, that is a cultural revolution as well. Like the technology yeah. facilitates, the internal conversation is, how do I become more valuable to this group? How mm-hmm. do I play better with these people like how can i get more value into their lives and i'm already seeing that where people are like helping each other out like in ways that crypto doesn't do it in in this way like i've i've met a bunch of bitcoin maximalists and and guys who've done really well in that and like lovely dudes they tend to be really individualist you know like they tend to be like really militant and really kind of you know me versus the world in Mm -hmm. in general i'm generalizing i'm not talking about anyone specifically but when in the NFT buzz, it's like, how do we add value? Like, do you want to jump on my podcast? Like, yeah, sure. Like, how do we how do we collaborate on this? Like, can I do some art with your NFT to like kind of, you know, play around with it? Like this kind of stuff is like happening already. And that's without setting up like the kind of economy that we're setting up where if you have mm-hmm. a business and you know hundreds of other people who have businesses, but you, you are in the same you're in the same circle. You have common ground. It makes all the difference. Like we're in the information age, but what we want is for the information to be vetted. When the information is filtered by someone who we really value, it makes all the difference. Like I, I listened to a podcast today with Anthony Pompliano and uh, Jason Lowry. It is, I put it up as like, this may be the best podcast I've ever listened to. And I often feel like that after I've listened to a podcast, but man, like this one, like blew me away. And then Pomp, I hadn't seen all the way to the end. He finished the podcast by saying, 
you know, the Michael Saylor podcast and, and this is like the, the two, you know, that have actually, you know, made me want to just go straight out and buy more Bitcoin. Mm. Um, it was about like how the, how, you know, Bitcoin as like a military tool um, and how like the, yeah, the military implications of, of Bitcoin. It's like absolutely uh, mind blowing when you look at it, but the fact of, the information. So at the end, the my point was at the end of the podcast, I was like, "What book would you recommend?" And there was some joke about Nassim Taleb. I don't, I don't know what it was. Maybe he's gone dark on Bitcoin or something. But they, they, it was like an inside joke that I didn't get. And yeah. then he like he pointed to a Yuval one. But what I noticed in myself was like I was hanging on what he was going to say because of the like the quality of information that he just presented and the credibility that he just gained in my mind for like what he just presented for the you know, hour, hour and a half before that was like anything this guy says has influenced him. Like I, mm. I want a piece of it. I want a part of it, you know? Um, and that's, that's the new thing. Like um, you've seen that conversation with our dog as well, right? Like we've got a puppy. It's going so well. So I, I put up in the group, like, you know, what should I do with this puppy? Cause I'm scared about the puppy, like tearing up my house and, you know, um, not sleeping and whatever ruining my life basically and, and killing my productivity with chaos. And uh, so I've asked the guys like, you know, what do you recommend around dogs? And a bunch of the guys sent me channels. They sent me links. Bottom line, like the dog is sitting, the dog is going down, the dog is staying. <laughs> and it's like, it's like a 10 week old puppy. And like, mm-hmm. she's, she's brilliant. I could have just gone on YouTube and maybe I would have come across something good but it's different when your buddy says, yeah, I did this and my dog's amazing. Like when it's a good friend, that means so much more than like finding, even if it's got 5 million views on, on Google, you know, on YouTube, you kind of also like, I don't, I personally don't, you know, Google's recommendation doesn't mean everything. The fact that it's got a lot of views doesn't mean everything. Mm -hmm. But if someone who I really know and trust says, Hey, yeah, check this out. Like, that carries so much more weight for me to go purchase or for me to go, you know, consume like attention is, is the new currency, right? So if you're putting attention into it, like it's, um, and you, yeah. And we all want to be careful about where we put our attention, like, or at least those who want to achieve, you know, it's like, yeah. you don't want to put 10 minutes into it and you figure out, oh, this dog train is crap, you know, <laughs> like, um, so that's what I see happening with this, with this uncommon, you know, like, yeah. And it can go in every direction. Like it's, it's not what I love about it is that it's not me. It's not like coach development. It's, it's you, it's the guy on Vanuatu. Like what can we come up with? Like what ideas can we actually make manifest? That's the exciting part. It's uh, I think it's huge, man. The, uh, the attention part is so interesting for a macro and micro. Cause like micro, you don't want to waste your time on stuff, but like, the biggest mistake you can make is going in the wrong macro direction for too long. And especially with your business of like, how do I grow it? Like, how do I scale? Like, what do I focus on? Or as a coach, like, how do I get better at coaching? What do I learn? Where do I put my time? Um, there have been so many times in my life where I've looked back and like in doing it myself, I've kind of like gone off awry and like eventually ended up back on the path. There were a lot of like bumps, bruises and trees that I hit that I probably didn't need to. And somebody guided me through that. I think what's super interesting about nfts is we're in the information economy right now where coaching is blown up as a service to the point where like people are charging insane amounts for offering information and guidance some of it is completely warranted and the people can get you results even if they're charging tens of thousands of dollars to do it 
And some of it is snake oil sales and complete BS. And somebody who basically took like a $13 marketing book, read it, and is now like teaching that to other people for thousands and thousands of dollars, which principally just like kills me inside. But I think what NFTs are going to allow to happen is because there's going to be such transparency on who's adding value and who is not, the people that are being snake oil salesmen who are not doing things that are like in like, I think the right values who are not adding a ton of value and who are just kind of like parroting information, like they're going to go by the wayside extremely fast because brand is everything. And once you can take everything that happens behind closed doors right now, of like how many people are asking for refunds, how many people are like not getting success, like not achieving success or think it's their own problem. Like we're now going to like open the kimono on all of this and you're going to see who's good at what they're like, who's good at what they're talking about, who's not. And I think it's going to massively overhaul a lot of the, the tomfoolery and just the bad practices that exist in information businesses. And I think you're going to see the people that are really good, like their business is going to grow exponentially overnight, which is so great because I know so many people who have been burned by this. And I think like information is such a powerful tool, but you want to make sure that you're getting that from the right source who has done that, who has been there, who has the skill set to back it up, which is why I think that like, setting up the uncommon the way you're doing with so many people who are either very promising what they do or have demonstrated results in their field. Uh, and having that compound, it like it acts as one immediate vetting process. And two, you're cutting through all the BS of the stuff and like the path you probably would have gone on had you tried to do it yourself. Yeah, there's so much there. Uh <laughs> We could talk about this for a long time because it's it just goes it gets so deep um, into what is value and I think it changes things from it's it's less and less going to be about the founder or the owner and the customer and more and more going to be about the community and like I think at a certain point like every NFT holder will take it personally if like they get bad reviews on the product you know what I mean. Um, and it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting with that, like because the game of bad reviews has been like you know people can put really nasty stuff up, and it's like one person out of like hundreds, and it can have a really bad impact. It went from like no accountability to then that kind of like swing back of like people doing like one star reviews on things. But I think you're going to also see the counter side of that of like other members of the product being able to say, well, yeah, like this guy was a douche, like he didn't turn up. He, you know, he, you know, like it's going to be riskier to throw stones at the organization um, depending on the role that you played and, and even the immutability of things and blockchains and, and data, you know, like it's, there's, there is going to be more transparency, like brutal transparency, more transparency than ever. And, and like the, yeah, looking after your, you know, looking after your people, look after your reputation, but, I also see it as like, you know, we've had these hierarchical structures, you know, that the pyramid is like the the old symbol of power that, you know, the controversial, whatever Illuminati, like it's, you know, it's the thing, but, but, you know, now it's like, it's, it's like this, like, you know, if, if I just don't see it playing out like that, like it, it's mm. going to be so much more about what everybody brings. I could be wrong. Like most of the NFT players plays so far, are still kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll be the center of all knowledge here. But I just don't, I, I can't see it. That doesn't look like as a robust structure. It doesn't look like it's it, it could have anywhere near the intelligence. Like if you look at Bitcoin, the reason why 
you, you have, you'd have to like, how do you bomb the internet? You know, like that's, that was one of the things on the podcast today. Like how many bombs would you have to drop to bomb the internet out of existence? And that's, that's the game of like a fully collaborative um, knowledge accumulation. You know, we're going to help each other. Like this is a better way of doing whatever it is, whether it's, you know, computer programming, like if it's a developer's NFT and mm. developers all collaborate when they're in on that thing, like imagine how much better the stuff is that they can come up with when they have more co-incentives and they're like, they're, yeah, they're, they're trading tokens back and forth. They're trading other NFTs. Like I just, I just see it changing business so much that I can't see a centralized model, like having anything like the, the power in the same way that you can't bomb the internet out of existence uh, in the way that you, you know, you, you can bomb a parliament or, or whatever, like that's happened through history. Like, you know, centralized power is, is vulnerable decentralized powers like how do you how do you how do you go after this thing mm-hmm. um, i see the same thing happening like with the with the, with this information but um yeah the deep deep philosophical <laughs> questions and things that we're going to live over the over the next couple of years i think yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head uh they kind of summarize like you can't you can't bomb a movement um and i think like this is a tool to allow people to garner momentum and once you get enough momentum for a project, for a group, for a DAO, for a team, whatever, like that starts to put things in motion that you can't undo by removing one person. I think it'll be an interesting blend. I don't think it'll be fully decentralized for a while, just because I think looking at human nature, there have always yeah, been kind of like yeah. leaders and teams and people pushing things through. But I agree with you 100%. But I think it's moving away from one person being the knowledge bearer and more the collective value of the people coming together and like their innovation with that. Because like full stop, a team is always gonna beat one individual. Like five people can play against LeBron James in basketball. Uh, and there's a really good chance like if those five people have a decent skill set, like they're gonna win the game. Yep, yep, 100%. And that's the, yeah. The model of decentralization is not black and white either. Like that doesn't mean everyone has the same amount of votes. Like there's there's ways, you know, that, and that's why I say like this is going to bring politics into the forefront for everybody because it's like, well, how many votes should this guy have? Like he's obviously done a bunch of good stuff and, you know, maybe he should retain a big part of, you know, and then how much does, how much can you just buy your way into power? You know, like if you hold more tokens, if you hold more, you know, then, maybe you get more say because you've invested more in the community. You care about it more. You've, you've given more resources to the project, mm-hmm. but to what extent does that allow you? And then to what extent does merit, you know, we're, we're chatting about it today, like, cause we want to do $25 NFTs as well as like the sort of two and a half thousand dollar ones. What about if one person every month from the $25 community, whoever progresses the most with their juggling or their handstands could get promoted to a two and a half thousand dollar NFT. Like there's no reason why that that's not a bad idea. Like whoever has the fastest business growth, whoever, you know, provides the biggest, you know, service to humanity, whatever criteria we collectively set, it's like you can, you can put money in someone's pocket and you can promote them to like a much bigger opportunity in life just Mm -hmm. purely based on merit. So all of these dynamics will play out. It's not as simple as, um, Oh, you know, everyone's going to have one vote and that's going to work. Like, no, that's not, that's probably not how, you know, the politics of a lot of these things will work, but yeah. what is, what is the model that's going to work? And, you know, that's, I'm so excited to, to have those conversations and an experiment and experience like what, what that can look like. 
hundred percent, man. So I think as we kind of like roll through this, like where, where's the Uncommon 88 going from here? Um, and kind of like, where is it at right now? And like, what do you kind of see as the direction for like just the next year of kind of like getting that up and going? Yeah. So the, the goal right now is to mint. Like, I think there, there are a bunch of people who've said like, yes, I definitely, I definitely want to have one of these first 88. I've only, like I've invited a bunch of uh, friends to it. And I think once that minting is done, then it becomes uh, much more real, you know, um, build, we're building out a new version of the member site, which is like infinitely more uh, usable, user-friendly, like everybody has member sites, but the reality is like people don't go to them because they don't want to remember their password and they don't remember what the web domain was and they've got too many memberships and it's just, it's just not that useful and it's not that user-friendly. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe like the new structure that we're going to with that is going to make a huge impact. So that is like what I'm building like before and after this call. And um, it's already like so much better than any member site I've ever had. And um, mm-hmm. so we've got the uncommon one, which will be like more so for the, that's kind of my system. And that's basically like the $25 kind of um, product. And then the next level up has a bunch of other content. Um, and that will also have like your content. And then we'll mm-hmm. talk about like whether you want to put stuff into that, you know, $25 product as well, because you're going to get more exposure. If there's 8,888 of these $25 go out, yeah. um, that might be, you know, a, something that is valuable to your business, depending on what your, your goals are, et cetera. So um, after the 88, depending on, how that goes. Um, I really want to, you know, consult with the guys who do that about whether we go for another 88 um, within a month or two. Mm-hmm. If we're like, yeah, this is, this is good. We kind of know where we're going with this. Um, this is the, you know, this is the plan. Like it make it's making sense. Um, the other option would be like to go sooner with the 8,888. Um, and then, yeah, like betting down, uh, there's a bunch of guys who want to do live events uh, in Southeast Queensland. There's already, we have a, like a big community there cause that's where we've sort of done a lot of business. Mm. Um, there's a group of guys in the U S now. So like doing like setting some dates for live events, um, having regular zoom calls going, you know, for the 88. Um, yeah. All those sorts of things are kind of on the radar. Um, looking at all the tech integrations, like we're going back and forward about, um, what the discord looks like and what the, um, uh, yeah, all the, all the sort of tech side, how we can make the most of those technologies using the NFT login function for websites and all that stuff is like getting closer and getting simpler. So all that will have to, you know, that will happen in the next six to 12 months, you know? I love it, man. Cause I think the, I'm excited to see kind of a few things. One, like the, the mid end product, but two, just like the learning curve with this is so fun. Because I think like in using all these technologies, you discover new uses for the technologies. And then I think you, you hit on there is so cool. It's like, we talked about offline. It's kind of like, how do you like, how do you add value? Uh, and how do you make this sort of like something like where it becomes an attractive community to be a part of? Um, and even just that distribution to where you get to share your ideas with more people, like you get to spread it out. And the concept we talked about offline is kind of like you you essentially collaborate and share that 1000 true fans, which allows you just to multiply your influence, your impact, and like your knowledge spreading so much faster than each person having to go through kind of like sitting down, like 
getting really good at their thing, like figuring out the marketing, the branding, everything behind it, it allows you to collaborate in a way that you just couldn't before to where you can start to share. And then those people can start to share. And like, you just get this ripple effect to where just kind of dropping into a pond of these 8,888 people, like that's going to ripple out much more than like each person just trying to create their own brand and focus solely on that. And, and, and the game isn't to like, okay, how do we go and exploit these 8,888 people? The game is like, they, they, those people come into like amazing value where they've got these other people who want to add value to their, to their lives, who they've got, you know, calls on that they can access and content they can access and live events they can go to. And there's not, there's nothing exploitative in this model. It's like different levels of commitment and different levels of value. Um, but everyone can win. Like, I don't think there's ever been a better use for $25 than, than what it's going to be in this. Like, and if you don't love it, flip it. Like you could actually yeah. make money on not liking the product. You know what I mean? So it's like, it just changes everything. Like I, I just, it's going to disrupt the membership economy, like mm-hmm. big time, like not, not necessarily our project, but just the model itself is like how is, this is so much more attractive for a customer. The customers are going to demand it but then they stop being customers once they buy the NFT and they become, you know, owners, partners in the, in the project. So, um, and anyone can kind of, yeah. If anyone can kind of elevate themselves or, or, you know, get to the point of more influence in the community, just based on merit, based on value, then, you know, you could back yourself and come in with a $25, you know, NFT and, and add tons of value to the community and get promoted into, into, you know, the, the, what will be the 8,888, like we're going international level. So the, you know, everyone's a player, but some people are internationals is kind of the, the gist of, uh, it's probably better outside the U S than inside. I don't know. Cause you guys have your all American thing, but, um, everybody else in the world, I think like it's about representing your country and, uh, mm. becoming, you know, going to the world cup, going to the Olympics. And so it's a bit on that, on that trend. Um, since yeah, my background's very sporting and most of the guys have a strong sporting background, but it's, it's not, it's not an athlete's club, like it's athletic, richer, mm. smarter, like bring your best, learn the rest, like whatever you need help with. There's, there's you know, they're going to be guys who are good at the things that you're not good at. And um, yeah, so I think we, we pretty much uh, nailed this one today. I think we, we went a little bit longer than we have been. Yep. But, um, really, yeah, really appreciate your time. I appreciate your support with this. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Like we're talking about my project now, but I'm just as excited talking about, you know, your project and, and all the other ones out there. You know, I want to dive deeper. You know, maybe we should do a special episode on the V Friends since, uh, you know, Gary V's sponsoring this podcast and all. Unofficially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary V's sponsoring this with uh, knowledge and leading the, uh, leading the space. We should 100% do one of V Friends. Um, yeah, I think to round that out today, man, I think we hit on a lot of really cool topics as far as how to think about building this how to think about what to do if you don't have a community, but you have value to offer, and then really like building that vision and selling that to others. So I'm, I'm super pumped to see where the Uncommon go. Uh, I'm excited to like, once you kind of flesh this out, have people within that kind of come on and like share how crypto is impacting their life, how it's not just us who are like super interested in the space, how the coaches, the people that are a part of this community are really leveraging this as a tool to get better and make other people better. 
Yeah, 100%. I can't wait for those conversations and I'll, I'll be having some of them and I'm guessing you're going to be having some of them as well and you know, we'll have some together. So, uh, yeah, thanks for today and uh, look forward to connecting soon. Catch you next week. Peace.